0: Welcome to Big Hospitality's United We Stand podcast. Today, we're speaking to Jotun Sethi, who, along with his siblings, runs JKS Restaurants, the company behind the likes of Jim Karner, Trishna and Hoppers, and the backer of a number of other top restaurants, including Bao, Sabor, Lyle's, and Bubble Dogs and Kitchen Table. Thanks so much for joining us today, Joe. Your, your group has pretty much been in hiatus since lockdown. Why is, is now the time to return and, and go big on, on delivery?
1: So we, all the plans you have kind of announced uh, on delivery now, we actually had the intention of, of, of putting in place immediately after lockdown. Uh, but having spoken to our teams and the guys who obviously needed to execute the plan, uh, none of them felt safe. Working and we we took a view that we didn't want to um, we did we we didn't want to kind of force anybody to do anything that they they weren't willing to do. Thinking about so guest safety as well as employee safety, so we took the call just to put everything into hibernation, including motu which is our our home delivery brand. And it now feels like with the kind of sentiment and the tide turning a little bit. Obviously, Boris is saying on on Sunday that you know, for those who can't work at home, go back to work. Food production has always, through this period, being deemed to be an essential. Food production workers have been deemed to be essential workers. The kind of shift in, in kind of mindset of our teams, but also the shift that that seems to be in the kind of just general economy around us, felt like um, it was the right time that we can create both a, a safe working environment. Uh, and the guys are more comfortable actually getting into that working environment.
0: What proportion of the staff have you brought back off furlough? So we yeah so across the, across the group
1: we had you know if you look at as look at at lockdown about 750 people who were then furloughed. I'd say we've probably brought back about uh, in the process of bringing back about 50. The, the delivery business is a completely different business. Um, obviously, don't need any front of house teams. Um, and you're working, you know, to kind of try and make the maths work. You're you're working on very small team structures just to to to, to kind of ensure you're not, you know obviously spending more than you're you're bringing in. Uh, it, it is a much lower margin than even the restaurant business, because you're paying away a lot in terms of commission to delivery and Uber Eats and the like. So you have to run it as efficiently as efficiently as you can.
0: Of course, it strikes me that one of the biggest challenges for London-based groups is how their staff get into work. How are you tackling that?
1: Yeah, so so the, um, the team who sort are of, kind of our chefs are leading each of the kitchens have kind of put together a team structure, obviously the people who are most comfortable working, but also the, the ones who live closest to the site and can get there very easily by, by walking there in some cases, by cycling for those who do have a bike, by driving for those who have a car. Yeah, we're not, you know, anybody who's either out of London or out of country, we obviously haven't forced to come back for this.
0: And what safety measures are you putting in place once they're in the restaurants? We're following all of the guidelines that have come out over the last kind of
1: 24-48 hours uh, around um, you know, hygiene, health and safety. Uh, all of our chefs will be wearing masks, um, trying to maintain social distancing as far as possible. It's not always practical because our kitchens are small, um, but you know, we're following all the guidelines, and we've introduced some of our own guidelines um, ourselves before you know, anything has been formally announced. So. We' we we we've we done our best to to create that safe working environment. Uh all our teams seem comfortable with it comfortable with it. They've all been trained on it. Uh, you know, hand washing, use of hand sanitizers.
0: What proportion of the JKS state is open? I don't think Sabor and Lars are trading yet, are they?
1: Uh so yeah, so at well at the moment there's um, the floor Lyle, Sabor oh, uh, kitchen yep. table, bubble yep. logs. Hubbard uh, Saint Christopher's place. So there's a, there's a, there's a few where they're not yet open. Some of those sites have plans to open for okay. a delivery business, um, which will probably come in the second phase in early June. Um, but at this stage, yeah, they they are shut. But yeah, we're mobilising to, to to get either a, a delivery offering or a kind of meal kit offering going from uh, if from some if not all of those sites.
0: Sure. And you, you, you talked earlier about, obviously, the, the, the margins in, in delivery being quite tight once, once you uh, factor in what, what you need to pay whoever's facilitating the, the delivery. With, with that in mind, what, what is the purpose of, of these delivery offers? Is it to keep your brand on people's minds? Is it to keep your staff occupied? Is it to keep the lights on? I mean, why do it? Um, clearly, it gives off.
1: A reason to engage with our with our customers, with our guests, and have some something positive to talk, to talk about, as opposed to being in hibernation or um, talking about furlough and job retention scheme and rents and and the like. It's good to be talking about our brands again and our you know, our food and drinks. drink. Uh, some yeah it, it it does help um, with our um, employees obviously in terms of you know they were keen to work It's an you know, integral part of their day-to-day so life to keep them both you know, physically and mentally um, healthy. And I think fund, fundamentally, um, if we look at the shape of the restaurant world going forward post COVID, having a delivery offering um, is wherever possible is going to be, I think, a crucial aspect of a business's ability to to survive, make the financial terms that we all need, you know, strive to make. So in some cases. Um, in terms of what we've launched we you know, some of the sites we're launching delivery from we've never had delivery from before uh, and i see that being very much a permanent part of the, that restaurant
0: structure going forward so part of this really is to is to mitigate uh, against potentially having lower volumes for, for eating when you are allowed to reopen whether that's due to social distancing or, or, or a lack of demand or a bit of both
1: yeah no, exactly so i think i think yes yeah, so, and i mean from for us delivery is here to stay i mean it was always there was always there was already a trend towards you know an increasing proportion of people offering delivery uh, and 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 in terms of shifting requirements of people who are at home and, and wanting more quality and i think this has just accelerated that that growth curve uh, and brought it to the fore so i think more and more people will be will be doing it obviously it doesn't it doesn't fit for every type of cuisine, every type of restaurant I think where you can be innovative, creative, or you have a product that loves travel very well, it's definitely something you have to consider. In this current climate, everybody is thinking about doing things that they would never have done before or didn't have the time to do before because you just have to think about what, what does a restaurant model need to look like post-COVID for the next you know, six months, nine months, but fundamentally you know, five years, 10 years, 15 years. Um, and it's clear the nature of this, this huge kind of uh, worldwide in, uh, event will, will shift the way we have to do things.
0: And tell me about the mailboxes. In terms of, look, we've, we've never done it
1: before. Uh, we're hoping to go live with um, our first phase of this in, in, in June. Um, and it will cover kind of the Indian side of the business. It will cover the uh, Spanish side of the business. It will cover the kind of Taiwanese side of the business. Um, so we're not going to be one-dimensional. It will be multi-dimensional, which is one of the benefits we'll have to offer. Um, but the it's really looking to cater. What we're really looking to do is cater for many different types of people who are making decisions on food and what they're going to eat and drink as possible, to, to give us again another stream to our bow, which I think is again going to be essential to the next phase of, of the restaurant model. Uh,
0: and, and what about eat-in customers? Have you been getting the tape measure out at your restaurants? obviously, like everybody else, waiting for the
1: specific guidance, is it two metres, is it one metre, is it, you know, um, what else do we have to be put in place to, to allow us to reopen and to create a kind of um, the, the safe environment for both our employees but also our guests. I think the key for us is we'll then take that information and then apply it on a site-by-site basis. All of all of our sites are very different, our restaurant offerings are very different um, in terms of the type of restaurant. So, some could work in that with with that kind of overlay of of new protocol some won't the bigger sites are easier to kind of set up with physical distancing the smaller sites are obviously much more difficult but the cost base of the of the bigger sites is that much bigger the cost base of the smaller sites is is smaller and maybe we can run them more as kind of takeaway uh, delivery kitchens as opposed to kind of full service eating restaurants i think the fundamental though with all of this is we can we can put in place all the protocols we want. You're never going to fully eliminate the risk of um, proximity to other people, be it the host, be it the waiter, be it other guests, be it you know going to the toilet, whatever it is. I think the key, the, the biggest unknown here is whether we, we put in place all those all those processes. Is whether the, the enough guests, enough consumers want to come to visit our restaurants to justify us opening in the first place? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, that's, that's the biggest unknown for everybody. Uh, we're very good as an industry of putting in place you know, operating systems and following procedures. That's what we do. The unknown is how what guests want to do once we're allowed to reopen. And I think with that in mind, messaging from government on it being safe to visit pubs, restaurants, bars, is going to be crucial to back up uh, just the announcement of yes, yeah, restaurants are going to be open now because they've done a, such a good job in you know, shutting down the industry and um, creating that kind of fear factor and that mindset that people don't want to go out, um, get, on, get on the shoes, get on the bus and go to work, etc. That coming out of this is going to be even more important, and it will take longer. Uh, it's going to be even more important that they really reinforce the message that it is safe to, to go and eat in places which have these protocols in place because if they don't do that, and they're forced to open and we haven't done deals on that and we haven't got the support from sea um, you know, bills or whatever it is, it's going to be complete carnage.
0: So so what else do you think the government needs to put in place? No, I, I think I think the. The headlines, the
1: headlines are great. I think there's a the devil in some of the details. So, yeah, you know, the headlines the job retention scheme are great, and obviously they've now extended it to the end of October, so potentially some changes for August, October. I guess the key, the fundamental thing, with JRS for, for hospitality, is, this, is the trunk issue. Um, so the headlines mm-hmm. are 80% of wages are covered, but for a number of our teams, it's actually more like 50% of wages are covered yeah. um, because you know trunk is an important element of everybody's. monthly pay packet so i I know that's something that's still in discussion and still being lobbied for and discussed with the treasury um i think the you know rates rates relief is great because it's permanent it's cash it it benefits you today the vat deferral is good because the health cash flow but ultimately it's another debt that you have to repay down the line um c-bills in terms of loan access look we've been fortunate we've got approval from both our bank and government on our loan and we're in the process of documenting that. But I know others have kind of fallen foul of various kind of bureaucratic um various rules, you know, this EU state aid rule criteria, which is blocking a lot of great businesses, high growth businesses who are just funded in a slightly different way from preventing from accessing these loans. So there's not a yeah. number of workarounds being 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 talked through there as well. So what they put in place has been impressive in terms of headlines, but the kind of detail hasn't been, has not been quite tricky to navigate. And obviously, the trunk's a big, big issue, big one. I think there needs to be more, though. And I think the biggest one that uh, you've probably heard everybody talking about is rent. Yep. Um, that is the next big um, item on the agenda. We're about to start conversations with landlords on June rent quarter. So we'd like to start talking to landlords about what does a... What does the, the new lease structure look like post reopening? Because it's clear some of our sites, the rental deals we struck don't make sense on the other side of this.
0: What do you think needs to happen?
1: I think we do need an intervention of sorts from, from government on rent. Uh, the, the campaign we've got behind, like many others, is National Time Out, yep. which is effectively called for the nine months rent free and a postponement of, of, of landlords' financing obligations for the same period
0: of time. And finally, it's no secret that there is opportunity in chaos, and I know JKS is a very ambitious company. What does all this mean for your expansion plans?
1: I think it's 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 too I mean it's, it's too difficult to say at the moment. But our ambition as a company hasn't hasn't changed. Clearly, our priority today and the next six, nine, twelve months will be uh, focused on our existing restaurants, um, reopening our existing restaurants, making sure that they are stronger and stable than they were before. I think that I'm a firm believer now in my current mindset is we will be a better, more resilient business coming out of this, because we'll have kind of addressed the number of things that we haven't had time to address. We'll have a number of different strings to our bow. We'll be more nimble. We'll be able to react to these situations like this if they're thrown up again in the future, better. The unknown is how guests and customers are going to react in terms of whether they're going to be spending as much money and eating out as frequently as they were before. We'll come back maybe not in, in, in the same volume but our focus in terms of short term has to be on the existing sites our existing teams our existing people to make sure we're stable and i think yeah definitely off the back of that and that could be 12 months it could be 18 months we will then be looking and, and assessing what opportunities they are we already are looking at those opportunities because our rollout previously was maybe focused on just you know let's open more sites with more hoppers more bowels another Brigadier's international. I think the nature of our growth in the next couple of years will be different. We'll be looking at kind of brand extension, e.g. delivery, e.g. kind of meal kits, e.g. grocery, as opposed to kind of just physical site rollout. Um, But at some point we will look at, because there will be opportunities presented to us, and I'm sure landlords will have sites that they maybe were willing to fit out, that they weren't willing to fit out previously, that makes sense for us. but we have to make sure that the, that the business is stable and we know where the kind of lie of the land is in terms of consumer confidence, con, consumer behavior, before we start, um, you know, like saying, yeah, we're going to open three, four, five sites a year, which was, our, you know, which was our business plan for the next three years. We, we have to put a pause on that, uh, focus internally, and then, yeah, we'll come back to that just
0: at the right time. Joe, thank you so much for, for, for joining us.